Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, I just came home from the week in Costa Rica that I've been doing now for six years, one week in October, one generally in February, to teach the First Love material to young adults. In this case, there were 31 of them, ranging from 18 years old to 26 years old. And they come and give 10 months of their lives to being a part of this discipleship school and I get to teach their first week to kind of lay the foundation for all the rest of what they're going to be doing. And so I was there, flew there on Tuesday, and taught Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday mornings. We did small group Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday afternoons, and just saw God do amazing things in their lives. And I'm just so, so grateful to be a part of that experience. They are totally unplugged. They have no computer, no phones, no anything. They only get them back on Sunday afternoons for two hours of communication time. So they are really just unplugged from their culture, from technology, and they're there to really get to know the Lord well and to serve others on His behalf. And I just love being there. And a lot of really good things happened. But actually, as I was preparing to share these podcasts, a couple of other experiences actually happened on my way home that I felt the desire to want to share that with you instead. And so this first one happened when I, I had two flights to come home, first from San Jose, Costa Rica, down to Panama City, Panama, short little one-hour flight, and I had to sit there for an hour, and then there would be the five-hour flight from Panama City to Boston. Well, anyway, I go over to my gate and I sit down, and there's a ton of people sitting all over the place. No sooner had I sat down and I looked straight across from me, about 10 feet from me, was a woman sitting on the floor with her back against a pillar and her head's down, and she's got her phone up to her ear, and she is sobbing, 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 sobbing. And my heart just immediately, the compassion of the Lord just rose up in my heart. And I start praying for her and I'm thinking, Lord, what can I do? I can't speak Spanish, so and I don't even know if it would have been appropriate to try, but even have a conversation with her. But anyway, so I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord. Well, then <laughs> at one point, she kind of brings her head up and the poor thing, you know, she's just got snot running all over the place. She's crying so hard. And all I could imagine, somebody must have died, I think. She was so distraught and so broken. Well, of course, it's hot. And so she's got a sleeveless shirt, and she's trying to wipe her nose and, you know, nothing to really wipe it on. And so I grabbed all my stuff, and I took off down the corridor there till I found a restaurant, went in, grabbed a fistful of napkins, and I came back, and I just gently touched her on her knee, and she looked up, and I handed her these napkins. And she, oh, gracias, señor, gracias. And, and so I sat there, and I'm kind of looking across, and I'm reading, but I'm praying for her. And then I noticed that she's gone through all of them, and she's still <laughs> crying so hard. So I scoop up my stuff again, and I go all the way down to the restaurant, and I get even a bigger fistful of, <laughs> of napkins. And I come back, and I tap run the knee again, and I give them to her. And again, she's very grateful. Well, she goes through all of those as well. So that's what I'm telling you. This was serious, probably over about a 15, 20-minute period. Finally, she stops crying, and she gets up and tries to compose herself. But then she comes over and looks at me with this face of 
just deep gratitude is the best way I could describe it. And she just said, gracias, senor. Gracias, gracias. And I at least knew how to say de nada, you know, and with as caring a face as I could give back to her. And then she walked away, and I was just like, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for the chance to love her. I wish I could have let her know that it was your love. Well, I got home Monday night, and Tuesday morning I was doing my God sighting time. And I was remembering this, and I'm just thanking the Lord. Father, it was just so, so amazing to feel this overwhelming compassion for this gal. And my heart was breaking for her, and I just wanted to pray for her. I wanted to do something, and thank you for helping me. You know, think of grabbing some napkins. And, and as I'm doing that, and I start to do the how much more, and I hear the Lord say, Mark, if you, how much more is that my heart for her and for you when you're in a difficult time or in grief or sadness, whatever it is, that I love you that much, I care for you that much. And as I'm sitting there pondering that, listening to him, the phrase instantly pops into my mind out of Matthew 25, where Jesus said, to the extent that you did it to one of these, my brothers or sisters, even the least of them, you did it to me. And as I sat there, I realized that it had been a while since I'm so used to loving others as he's loved us on behalf of the Lord, that they would see and experience his love through us that it was so powerful for the Lord to remind me in that moment that not only was I demonstrating the Lord's love, but I was loving Him. So I turned to the passage, and it says, For I was hungry, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers or sisters of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And it was such a fresh experience with him to hear him say, you did it to me, you gave me, you clothed me, you invited me, you fed me, you came to me. I was like, wow, Lord, I, I just needed so much to be reminded of that, that when we do these things for one another and for even those outside of our Christian circle, that we are loving Jesus in these acts, truly loving him. This is straight out of his own mouth. You loved me. You clothed me. You fed me. You gave me water. And I was just so blown away and so blessed. And I just really was moved in my heart like, Lord, that's just awesome to know that I can love you like that. And in the midst of that, yeah, you do love me when you do that. But at the same time, it's recognizing that it's a way of loving him by also obeying his command to love others as we have been loved, because he has loved me when I've been hurting and wounded and broken or of great loss or whatever. And it made me think of all the times he came to me in the form of friends or family, that people were there for me to hug me, hold me, love me, give me clean eggs. <laughs> A lot of times, even in, on First Love weekends, many of you have been a part of that. Remember, there's always Kleenex boxes, because when love's happening, sometimes the snot is flowing. 
And uh, it's just a, a necessary part of group time. And so I've been loved that way so many times by Jesus through others. But this time he was trying to help me really understand, no, Mark, you are actually loving me, caring for me, showing compassion for me, taking care of my physical need by providing the Kleenex for me. Well, as I'm enjoying that and thinking about the podcast, Robin reminds me later on Tuesday, she goes, honey, remember we're fasting Wednesday through Friday. The whole three churches that we belong to, the Antioch churches, are fasting and culminating it with a worship night on Friday night. And I went, oh man, I totally forgot. And Robin says, and I've been listening to a book on tape from a guy who's talking about how type 2 diabetics can fast. And I haven't fasted for a long time because I thought I couldn't. And now Robin says, well, actually, there's a way to do it. And it's very good for type 2s to have periodic fasting, just not really long ones. And so I went, okay. Where for years, Robin and I used to fast Tuesday dinner to Wednesday dinner and Thursday dinner to Friday dinner. So two days. And eventually that went down to one day, and especially Wednesdays, because the discipleship school fasts on Wednesdays. And so I tried to do that to pray for them, to remember them, and also to pray for those who are suffering, like I am with type 2, chronic suffering. Well, it reminded me, and I may have said this before, but I just want to remind you of this again, that a lot of times people think about fasting in terms of its benefit for ourselves, like even this guy was writing to say that it was a benefit to my body to purge the sugar out. And people will do it for the benefit of getting direction from the Lord or experiencing the Lord or interceding on others' behalf. But years ago, right in the very beginning of my being a senior pastor, and I went away to fast for a week, and I was so miserable, and I hated it. It's like, Lord, you got to help me do this. When I was in this passage, and uh, actually, no, it was the other way around. I was in Isaiah 58, where God talks about the kind of fast that he has chosen. And listen to these words. God speaking through Isaiah. He says, is not this the kind of fasting? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? I remember all those years ago when I read that passage about fasting that I remembered the passage in Matthew 25 about feeding him when he was hungry and thirsty, a stranger, etc., and in prison. But I remember as a young Christian, that passage used to really bother me because then there's the other group of people. And he says, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. And it says they answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or prison and did not take care of you? And I remember going, God, I don't see many people like this. We live in the suburbs. You know, we have so much of what we need. So when do I see people without food and water and wanderers and naked and sick in prison, etc.? And here he says in the context of fasting that the fasting that he wants is that we would actually do something. 
loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords, set the oppressed free, break every yoke, share your food with the hungry, provide for the poor wanderer shelter, clothe the naked, etc. That there was something that seemed in the context of fasting that the Lord wanted the outcome of it to be this kind of fruit, this kind of activity. And I'll never forget at the end of that week of fasting when the Lord said, this is another very crucial reason for why you fast. Because as you feel the pain in your stomach, as you feel what it's like to go without food, and you feel uncomfortable, and you are very aware of what you don't have, he said, Mark, when you fast and you are feeling these things, it's then, then that you are spurred to remember, triggered to remember that there are so many that if we don't love them, They will stay hungry, they will stay naked, they will stay thirsty, they will stay sick, they will stay in prison, they will stay strangers, wanderers, without health, without freedom, without a home, without food, without care. It so impacted me that, yes, the thing that will help us remember those who are without and uncomfortable, and especially who cannot, like me, at the end of a day, I could break the fast and take care of my discomfort and eat and feel better, that there are so many out there that at the end of the day, they're still sick, they're still naked, they're still hungry and thirsty, they're still in prison, unless we do something. Well, I was just so grateful to the Lord for that reminder, and yes, Robin and I are fasting for today, tomorrow, and Friday, and my stomach right now is really growling. (laughs) And I would really like to eat. And so, Father, I just pause and say, yes, would you help those of my brothers and sisters that are even listening right now, that would you help speak to them, spur them on to pick up again, if maybe never, this discipline, this practice of fasting, but not just so that we can have more time to spend with you or seek you or look for guidance or whatever, but that we would remember those who need our love, who need us to love as you have loved us, and to need it to be really practical and tangible. And most of all, Lord, that we would remember when we do this, we love you. We really, really love you. God, move on our hearts. Touch us. In Jesus' name. Well, I just want you to hear from Jesus again. As I was thinking about closing out this podcast, I felt like he encouraged me to say this. Thank you. Thank you for feeding me when I was hungry. Thank you for giving me something to drink when I was thirsty. Thank you for inviting me in when I was a stranger and for clothing me when I was naked, for visiting me when I was sick and when I was in prison. I believe the Lord just wants to say to all of us that it really loves him, it brings him pleasure, and that even the Lord would say thank you. That it's not just us who express gratitude, but that he would express gratitude, that it brings him such pleasure when we do so. So I just pray that God would really help you to see. That was the last part of this text, right? When did we see you? When did we see you? When did we see you? Father, I pray that you would help us to see, to see people around us, even as you helped me see this woman. And when I saw, not just to feel compassion, 
but to put compassion into action and do something to help meet her need. Father, help us to love as you've loved us. Help us to love others because when we do, we love you directly and then empower us to enjoy your delight and your pleasure and even your gratitude, saying thank you. Thank you for doing this for me because what you did to the least of these, you've done it to me. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and have a great day.